There's a world beyond what we can see. Many times the physical challenges we face are rooted in the spiritual realm. In this unseen world, we can encounter real spiritual battles that affect our lives. Through the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit, we can experience victory in the world we see and what remains unseen. All right. Well, I want to welcome all of our campuses to the fifth week of our series entitled Unseen. Come on, let's just welcome all those that are joining us. So excited to have all of our campuses, South Shore, Gulf Coast, Baton Rouge, those that join us each week on Facebook Live and online, and of course, each week in our prisons and jails. I am very excited. I trust that you guys have been enjoying this series. We've been talking about the reality that we live in two realms. We live in a natural realm. We eat and we drink and, and, and we hang out with friends and we go to work. There's a, there's a natural dimension to our life, but we also live in a spiritual, there's a spiritual realm that we are participating in. It's funny, if somebody uh, says that they don't believe in it, it really doesn't matter. The spiritual realm is impacting their lives. The fact is, we do live in two realms. Saved people live in two realms. Unsaved people live in two realms. Why? Because there is an unseen, everyone say unseen. There is an unseen realm. Actually, the Bible says the, the natural realm is passing away, but the unseen realm, the spiritual realm, where there's forces of light and there's forces of darkness and there's a great conflict that's taking place in this unseen realm today, I want to talk to you about the realm of angels, the role of angels, the role that angels have to play in the life of believers. It's a very interesting topic. Again, if you are a guest with us or you've been here with us for a short time, this is a little bit of a different talk. Uh, I'm talking about what the Bible teaches on angels. It reminds me of our good friends, Butcher and Thibodeau. Thank you. Butcher and Thibodeau were one day hanging out by the lake and during their conversation, Boudreaux remarked, he says, boy, Thibodeau, my wife, Maria, is such an angel. Totally. Thibodeau replied and says, Meshach, you surely are lucky, Boudreaux. My wife, Clotilde, she's still living. <laughs> now, if you didn't get that, you weren't listening. The fact is there's a lot of, let me say this, there's a lot of insight into that joke because there are some people that believe, and I want to say this that their loved ones have gone on before them and that their loved ones actually are guardian angels. Does the Bible really teach that? We're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about the biblical role of angels. As a matter of fact, I wrote this down, uh, that in Scripture, angels and the angelic realm is actually mentioned over 300 times in the Bible. That's a lot. For years after I came to Christ, actually as a young believer... Uh, studying the Bible on my own and then through Bible school and, of course, through seminary. Look, I, I have been a student of Scripture. I know the Bible maybe more than some, less than others, but I've been a pretty passionate pursuer of truth. And it's amazing, this whole, this whole concept of angels, it's been somewhat mystifying. By the way, that's the subtitle here. I'm trying to help us demystify the spiritual. In other words, I want to make sense of it for us uh, because I think that we are not cooperating with the spiritual realm at the level that that we should be often. Let me give you an example. You, you talk about angels in our culture. Somebody thinks, well, yeah, angels, yeah. I, I saw that movie, Touched by an Angel. 
Y'all remember that movie a number of years ago? So some people think that angels have British accents. Like Roma Downey, are y'all, are y'all with me? Some people say, oh yeah, I know. Or, or immediately you, you start talking about angels. People say, oh yeah, angels. Oh yeah, I get it. Yeah, I, 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 we, we watch a show about angels every year during Christmas time, right? What's the most famous show that everybody watches during Christmas time? It's called A Wonderful What? Say it life, right? And in that show, if you understand, uh, it's a wonderful life. One of my favorite, uh, it's, I've seen it like 40 bazillion times. There's a, there's an angel involved in that and say, Oh yeah, I know about angels. Cause I've seen that movie. Not necessarily. I don't believe that Clarence gives you any biblical insight on what angelic realms are in scripture. If y'all understand what I'm talking about. Of course, some people think that angels, well, yeah, I know what an angel is an angel. Yeah. Well, they're little fat babies. They float around heaven and they play on harps and every now and then they kind of come down and give us little trinkets and gifts. That's what some people think about angels. Or of course, and I say this very respectfully, some people believe that angels are loved ones that have died, gone on to heaven, and they now act as a role, kind of a guardian angel in our lives. Now I want to say something very respectfully, but very biblically. Pastor Steve, do our relatives that are born-again Christians that go to heaven, do they have somewhat of a, an audience to watch our lives on earth? I do believe they do. According to Hebrews chapter 12, or 11 and 12, they are part of the great cloud of witnesses. But our relatives that have passed on, nowhere in the Bible does it show that our relatives are, quote, guardian angels for us today. Are you with me? They're watching over us, but they're not protecting us. So there's a lot of misconceptions about the realm of angels and angelic warfare and their role in the life of believers. What we need to understand, according to the Bible, is angels are God's servants. They're supernatural beings. Listen to me closely. They are supernatural beings created by God for God. Can I say that again? They are supernatural beings created by God. Everyone say by God. So they're created by God. They're not creation. They're not God themselves. They, they are created, just like we were created by God. But they are created by God for God to do God's bidding in the earth. Now, that's interesting when you understand the role of angels. I want to talk to you today about who angels are. And I also want to talk about what angels do. Angels are messengers. They're spiritual beings created by God for God. And they have a, a distinct role in the earth. It's hard for my finite mind sometimes to grasp the reality of angels. Angels are all around us. As a matter of fact, it's interesting if you study the Bible, there's at times, and this will blow your mind. Again, I, I don't have time to explain in a 30, 35 minute message, but there are times in the Bible where angels somehow take on even human form. Read Genesis chapter 18 and 19. One day, Abram's with Sarah, you know, and they're hanging out in the tent, and these three guests come. I'm kind of making this uh, shortened and you know, Abe looks over at his wife, says, cook some biscuits because we've got some guests over here. What he didn't realize is those are actually angels. If you read Genesis chapter 19, Abram's uh, nephew Lot, he also entertained. Matter of fact, the Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 13. Now, there's a lot of theology in this, all right? And I don't have time to explain. I'm just wetting your appetite. By the way, Billy Graham wrote a great book called Angels, and some of this is in there, all right? Here's what the Bible says. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to who? Everybody say it. 
angels without knowing it. So I can't really explain it. It's pretty deep, but there are times that angels must somehow take on human form. Although they're not humans, they are for specific tasks. At times, they'll take on human form. So what are angels? Let's start by answering this question. Who exactly are angels? I'll say this again. Angels are spiritual beings created by God for God. Let me give you three things about angels. If you're taking notes, by the way, at all of our campuses, uh, I put notes in your bulletin. It's important for you. If you'd like to follow along, uh, again, put those in notebooks. Man, it's good to be able to go back to it. Let me give you three things about angels. Here we go. Number one, angels are worshipers, according to the Bible. Angels are worshipers. Wherever you find God or Jesus in the Bible, typically you'll find an angel worshiping God. Let me give you a couple of scriptures. Hebrews chapter one, verse six. But when he uh, again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all the angels of God do what? Come on, say it. Worship him. So angels are created by God for God, often as messengers for God. But we'll often see angels in a posture of worshiping God. Very first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. Last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation. I love this picture of angels. Again, we're talking about who they are, and then we talk about what they do and how they function in our lives, and then I'm going to give you one key at the end of how we can participate. Now, just stay with me, all right? Revelation chapter 5, verse 11, we're talking about who they are. Then I looked and I heard, this is John, the revelator. Here's what he said. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them were 10,000 times 10,000, thousands and thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. So angels are worshipers. We read in the Bible. Number two, angels are not only worshipers, but the Bible teaches us that angels are also warriors. Angels are not just worshipers, but they are warriors. There's a dimension to the angelic, angelic realm where angels are warring on our behalf. Now, this is interesting. Stay with me. They are fierce warriors battling on behalf of God for God's people. Let me give you some scripture in Daniel chapter 10. We see Daniel praying and an angel for 21 days later, shows up and says, I've been trying to get here, but I've been, I've been warring against the Prince of Persia. Now some theologians believe that the Prince of Persia is the devil himself. Some believe that, that, that he was in kind of the hierarchy. By the way, there's a hierarchy in the angelic realm, and there's a, also a hierarchy in the demonic realm, principalities and powers and spirits. So there's, there's kind of like, just like there's generals and lieutenants, and there's, there's hierarchy. Well, Daniel prays and Michael and archangels in war. Some theologians that I read believe that this was Satan himself. Some believe that it was, an, it was kind of a, a demonic archangel. There was a, the prince of Persia, not a physical human being, but the Bible tends to indicate, now this is important, that there was this, this demonic power controlling that geographical area. Isn't that interesting? The Bible says is that, that finally is that his prayers were answered as this angel overcame this dark prince. First Chronicles chapter 21 shows another instance where David looks up and he sees suspended between heaven and earth a mighty angel and his sword drawn over the city of Jerusalem. 
I mean, that's pretty powerful. If you're in prayer, I've never experienced that. Maybe some of you guys have. You're in prayer, and all of a sudden you look up, and you see this mighty angel with a sword drawn. Now remember this. This is important. Primarily, angels are operating in the, super, in, the, in the unseen realm, in what is the Bible would call the spiritual realm. But then they step into the natural realm at specific times. Are you with me? Very, very important. Verse 27, the Bible says, this is important, 1 Chronicles 21. So the Lord commanded the angel, and he returned his sword to his sheaf. I'll say this again. Angels are warriors of God. They're created by God, for God, to war on behalf of God, primarily in the angelic realm or the, the spiritual realm, but they will step into the natural realm to do God's bidding. Number one, angels are worshipers. Number two, angels are warriors. Let me give you the third thing here. Angels are also messengers. They're messengers. Now, I want to be very careful with this, and I want to bring some qualifications. I want everybody to stay with me at all of our campuses. We're talking about the role of angels, spiritual beings in the unseen realm created by God, for God, to do God's bidding, listen, in the supernatural realm, the un and also the natural realm, and often on behalf of God's children. That's you and I. If that's, if that's their role, then I think that it's important for us, it behooves us to understand how they interface with our lives. Watch this. Over and over, I wrote this down again in scripture, when you see an angel show up and they come on the scene, they've often come with a message from God. Hey, do you guys remember the book of Judges? Again, we read about him now as this great hero, Gideon, right? One of those strong men of God, but he wasn't always like that. The Bible says that actually Gideon was hiding in somewhat of a cave, hiding from the Midianites. He's down there threshing uh, he's wine in a wine press. That, that, that he's just kind of hiding out. And the Bible says in Judges chapter 6, it says, the Bible says, an angel of the Lord comes and has a message for Gideon. And that's the very classic text. You guys have heard me preach on this before in verse 12 of Judges. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, everyone say, and said. Now we're going to talk about that in just a moment. And said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. So the angel of the Lord comes and gives a, gives a word to Gideon. He shows up. He gives a message. God is with you. You're a mighty warrior. Luke chapter 1, verse 30 and 31. An angel shows up in one of the most famous places in the Bible. An angel shows up to a teenage girl, to a virgin girl, with this message in Luke chapter 1. Look what he says. And the angel said to her, this is, of course, Mary. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Verse 31, look at this verse. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. I mean, this is one of the greatest announcements in all of the Bible. Where, the, where, the, where, where an angel of the Lord comes and gives a message to Mary that she's going to bear the Christ child. So, number one, we've talked about what angels, well, basically who angels are. They're worshipers. That's, what, that's who they are by way of their identity. They're created by God. They're created for God to worship and to honor God. They're also warriors. They're created by God to war on behalf of God primarily in the spiritual realm, the unseen realm, but they will step into the natural realm. We see places in the Bible, they'll step in. Number three, they're also messengers from God. Now, let me give you three specific things 
that they do do in our lives. Now, this is important, all right? I want to qualify this. I want you to hear what I am saying, and I want you to hear what I'm not saying. Don't take anything that I'm saying and run off with it out of context, all right? Please stay with me. This is very, very important. Let me give you the first thing. Number one, angels at times, according to the Bible, confirm God's direction. Now, let me just hear me closely on this. Angels at times will confirm God's direction. Maybe you're one of those people who are just directionally challenged and you need direction sometimes. God may have, he may, he just may send an angel. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is we often see in the Bible when God is wanting to get somebody's attention, maybe they've not been listening and God will send an angel and God will send an angel to bring confirmation to them. This is very, very, very important. For example, we just looked at the story when a little teenage girl Mary, who found out that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Well, she had a fiance. Does anybody remember what her fiance's name was? What was it? Joseph. You guys remember that? She comes home one day, talks to Joseph, says, Joseph, you know, they're not living together. Said, look, I got to tell you something. I'm pregnant. Oh, wow, you're pregnant. That's great. No, listen, but don't worry, Joseph. It's not with anybody else. Well, it's with the Holy Spirit. Joseph's like, What? You're pregnant by who? Yeah, what am I going to tell the guys down at the gym? Yeah, you got pregnant. Yeah, my wife, my girlfriend's pregnant, but it's God that did it. I mean, that's weird, honey. Are you serious? And the Bible says that Joseph was about to what? To put her away. In other words, he was in that culture. It was like, man, are, are you really serious? And the Bible says he was about to make a very critical mistake. And look what it says in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. Guess who shows up? But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her. It's true, Joseph. It's true. The Holy Spirit, listen, the Holy Spirit conceived this child inside of her. Don't put her away. Now, Joseph had a relationship with God. He was about to make a critical mistake. And an angel of the Lord shows up. There may be times where you are just bent on doing something, you want to do it, you want to do it, but you continue to hit roadblocks. What could it be? Perhaps, I want to just submit this to you. I want to posit this thought, all right, in your mind. Could it be that an angel of the Lord has been sent by God to protect you from doing something that you shouldn't be doing? It could be. Now, I want to say something. Here's what I want to qualify. We do not seek direction from an angel. We seek direction from the word of God. The primary way that God speaks to us is the word of God. Are y'all with me? Everybody say amen. amen. So we, we, we wake up in the morning. The primary way, the primary way that God speaks to us is the Bible. If you ever believe an angel from God, if you ever believe the Holy Spirit, if you ever believe anybody else's counsel, that any counsel outside of you, any thought that you have in your mind, anything that you hear or somebody else says to tell you to do something that contradicts the revealed word of God, that's not from God. Are you with me? So this is the plumb line, all right? This is the chalk line. I remember back as a kid, my dad and I, we'd build things. We'd have these little chalk lines. I know it's much more sophisticated. This is the measuring rule. The primary way that God will speak to us is through the word of God. But I wonder how many times we've been maybe about to make a very critical mistake and maybe, just maybe, just maybe, the Lord sent an angel to keep us from making a critical mistake. Could it be? It could be. 
Number two, angels not only have been sent as messengers by God to confirm God's direction, but we see in the Bible that angels also protect us from danger. Angels can protect us from danger. Occasionally people ask me, Pastor, and I want to answer a couple questions. People ask me, do I have a guardian angel? They'll ask me that. And again, I've already addressed the fact that I believe that our our loved ones that have gone on to heaven, I believe that they can see us from heaven, that they are part of the great cloud of witnesses, but I do not believe that they interact with us, nor do I believe they've been sent by God to protect us. So the question is, Pastor, we know that they're not guardian angels. The question is, do we have guardian angels? I would say this. I'm not sure of that, but I do know this. I know that angels do guard us. So in other words, I don't know if, if we've been assigned a particular guardian angel, but I do know this, angels guard us. So whether I have an angel named Fred that's kind of following me around, are you with me? I don't know, but I do know this. I've got a whole host of angels that do follow me around. Does everybody understand that? Very, very important that we understand that because the Bible teaches us that. Psalms 91, verse 11 and 12. Here's what the Bible says. For he shall give his angels charge over you, and they shall keep you in all of your, what? Say it, ways. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Look at this last verse, verse 13. It says this. Do I have another verse there? That's all right. I'll just start, stop with 12. There's another great example of angels protecting people in the New Testament. Do you remember Peter? By the way, this is very, very important. The, 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 the first person that was martyred in the Bible that we see was Stephen. The, there was another man named James that was martyred in the Bible. The church is kind of waking up to this a little bit. And in Acts chapter 12, Peter, the apostle, was thrown in jail and Herod's about to kill him. But the church kind of woke up a little bit. This is now, now this is, I'm, I'm really pressing in. I've got a few minutes here. And there's a connection between our prayer life and a dispatching of angels. We see this in the Bible. So the church says, wait a minute, time up. Herod killed this other guy named James. And uh, Peter, man, the great apostles thrown in jail for preaching the gospel. Time out. We're going to pray. And they start crying out to God. We're talking about, I believe that angels can protect us from danger. That's what the psalmist said. They'll bear us up lest we dash our foot against a stone. All right? The angels of the Lord protect us. And the Bible says that the church of Jesus Christ lifted up their voices and they started calling down from heaven, oh God, we, we, we cry out to you on behalf of Peter. Lord, save his life. They start praying for Peter. And the Bible says this, in Acts chapter 12, verse seven. Now behold, now this is an answer to the prayers of God's people, all right? Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him. That's Peter. And a light shone in the prison and struck Peter on the side and raised him up saying, arise quickly. And his chains fell off of him. Imagine in the middle of his sleep, an angel shows up and touches Peter. And with his bright light shining, suddenly the chains fall. Now suddenly Peter's free. Now look at this next verse, verse eight. Watch this. Then the angel said him, gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. In other words, so the angel sets him free and then he says, follow me. Look at verse 11. It goes on to say this. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his what? Come on, say it, his angel and has delivered me. The angel of the Lord in response to the prayers of God's people has been sent 
and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. Now, somebody could immediately say, so pastor, let me just put this together. Are you saying that, that you believe that the prayers of God's saints are connected to the release of this angelic realm? Here's what I'm saying. In, Je in Acts chapter 11, James was thrown in prison and he was killed and the church didn't pray. In Acts chapter 12, the church started praying and Peter was, and Peter was set free. Are you saying there's a correlation? Sure looks like it to me. Here's what I know, that if I know one of my friends are thrown into jail for preaching the gospel, I'm going to pray and I'm going to believe God and I'm going to believe God, whatever you've got to do, Lord, shake that prison, do whatever, pour out your spirit, let all the guards get saved, Lord, we are believing God. If they're in jail for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, how many know the church needs to rise up in faith and pray? We need to rise up in faith and pray. And by the way, just because that's not happening in the United States of America doesn't mean that's not happening in other nations around the world, even now as I speak. Maybe we don't see the miracles that we anticipate that we should see according to the Bible because maybe we've not needed them in our country up to this point. Oh my gosh, that's a whole nother message. Let me, let me get back in the Bible, all right? Let, let, let me get back. I talk to a lot of people who say, Pastor, I know that, I was a, I know that, that this was an angel um, I, I know that this thing was an angel. Here's what I would say. I, I don't have any story in my life where I can absolutely say I saw an angel. I saw, you know, I was in prayer and my eyes opened up. There was this 12 foot angel in front of me. And, you know, and I, I, I don't have any of those stories, but I do know one thing. I know that there's a lot of angelic things happening around my life. I, I know that because as a believer, the Bible says the angel of the Lord surrounds me. Are y'all with me? The angels of the Lord surround God's people and they're doing God's bidding. Again, just a thought. How many times maybe something was about to happen to you and an angel of the Lord maybe averted that? Maybe, 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 so, I, I don't know. I can't get in all, I'm not smart enough to figure all this out. I'm just taking the Bible at face value and all I know is the Bible says the angel of the Lord surrounds those that fear God, those that love God. And I also know that the prayers of God's people are connected. Look what the Bible says in Psalms chapter 34, verse 7. Here it's very clear. By the way, this ought to be a scripture that you memorize. The Bible says, the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear God, who love God, who worship God. And the Bible says, and God does what? Come on, say it. And he what? Delivers them. Wow. How many times in our lives, the fact that we're still here today, Gotta ask ourselves. Again, I'm not, I'm not having personal communication with angels around me. They're not talking to me, but I'm glad they're close to me and I'm glad they're around me. The Bible says according to that, and they're doing stuff that's good <laughs> on your behalf and my behalf as a child of God. I know this is a very deep thing. There's a lot going on here, but I think it's important. Let me give you this third and final thing that I believe. So number one, we believe, the Bible is very clear that the Bible that, that, that angels often are, tent, are, are sent to confirm God's direction. Again, we're listening to the Bible. We're listening to Scripture. But God can somehow use angels at times to line up things to confirm his direction. Number two, we also know that angels are sent to protect you and I from danger according to the Bible. But let me give you this third and final thing here. We also know that angels in the Bible were often sent to minister to God's people. To minister to God's people. Look what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. I love this, this verse. It says, are not all angels ministering? Now, I'm going to unpack what that word is in a second. Ministering spirits 
sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. Now, I want you to, we, we, let's just meditate on the scripture for a moment. So the Bible says that angels are created by God, for God, to do God's bidding, listen, both in the unseen realm and at times in the natural realm. But one of the things that angels do do, they're, they're, they're created by God, for God, but also to minister on behalf of God's to minister to God's people on behalf of God's sending. God sends them. Angels are ministering spirits sent. Who sends them? God sends them. To do what? To minister to those who will inherit salvation. Come on, raise your hand if you're a believer. Come on, raise your hand if you're a believer. Okay, you are an inheritor of salvation. Not because of your works, but because of the work of Christ on the cross. Oh, pastor, this is kind of deep. Well, it's according to the Bible. Hey, by the way, let me give you a couple examples. Do you remember when Jesus was in the wilderness? Remember this. Theologically, it's kind of a big term, the hypostatic union. You know, Jesus was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. So when he was in the temptation, the wilderness, Judean mountain range, and he's out there, you know, 40 days and 40 nights. He was hungry. He was thirsty. He was tired in his humanity. All right? You may have never seen this before, but there's a little caveat as Jesus comes through this, this season of intense spiritual battle, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 11, then the devil left him, talking about Jesus, and behold, angels came and did what? They did what to Jesus? They ministered to him. Now, the word ministered, it's translated in, in the Greek language as diakono. Of course, we can, we can get a, a word uh, deacon to, to be a, a served. Here it means to be an attendant. It means to wait upon. It means to minister as unto a friend. That's what the angels did. The angel ministered to Jesus. I don't know exactly how he did it. I don't know exactly what he did. But here's what I know. That in the humanity of the person of Christ, when he was tired and he was hungry and he came through a spiritually intense battle, I know that angels of the Lord were sent to minister to Jesus. I also know in 1 Kings chapter 18, when Elijah, the great prophet of God, when he called down fire out of heaven and he destroyed all the prophets of Baal and it was a very, it was a very big, huge just conflict between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. You guys remember that? And the Bible says Elijah, he'd run because of, of, of Jezebel and he was depleted emotionally and spiritually and then he was intimidated by Jezebel, that wicked, the, the wicked queen, right, of Ahab. And the Bible says that Elijah actually came to a place where he cried out to die. He was in a suicidal depression. And the Bible says an angel sent by God was sent to minister to him. I don't know how that happens. I'm not smart enough to figure all that out. But I know one thing, that angels are sent by God to minister to God's people. To help God's people. To lift God's people up. Can you imagine a God that loves you so deeply that it would send warriors to surround you, to strengthen you, to minister to you, to encourage you, to save you from yourself at times. When you're about to make a decision like Joseph was about to make, to discard Mary because of something that he was, he, he didn't have a full comprehension ability to understand it. And an angel of the Lord stepped in and in a dream and spoke to him. Just think about all that's going on in the angelic realm. Think of the warfare that's happening over your life, over your family, in our cities. 
Think of the, the, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light and the clash and what's going on. Well, pastor, here's my question. Is there anything that we can do at any level? I know we don't pray to angels. I know that we're not supposed to speak to angels. I know that. So what is our, is there any role that we have in a participatory nature with angels? And I want to say one thing. There's one thing that we can do. The Bible says in Psalms 103, here's what it says. Bless the Lord. You, his what? Come on, say it. His angels who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. I'm gonna give you one practical thing, one takeaway, and we'll close. I don't believe that we're supposed to speak to angels. I don't believe, obviously, that we pray. We only pray to Jesus, right? Are y'all with me? We don't pray to angels. We don't talk to those spiritual beings. I know that they've been sent by God to do certain things in our lives and to avert certain things, but there's one thing that we can do. The Bible says that angels heed. Can you pull that back up? They heed the, the voice of the word of God. They heed the voice of God's word. They obey the voice of God's word. They obey the word of God. Now, the one thing that I do think that we can do, what I would say to release angelic host on our behalf is when we speak the word over our lives. When we declare God's word over our city, over our church, over our families, over our future, over our finances, over our children, I, there's something, let me tell you why. Here's what I do know. They obey God's word. And when you speak the word of God, there's, there's something of a relief. There's something of a, I, I, I know, I, you know, I remember years ago, I would hear different people and they would kind of joke about, I'll send my angel. I don't believe we do that. I don't believe you send an angel by addictive, uh, a dictate that you, I'm telling my, I don't believe that's biblical, but I do believe as we declare the word of God, they are, listen, they are bound to obey the voice of God and the word of God. And as we speak the word of the Lord, I'm wondering, I'm wondering what happens in the spiritual realm as we declare he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I'm wondering as we declare God's word. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask everybody to stand right now at all of our campuses. We're going to declare, listen, I'm asking all of our campus pastors come. Matter of fact, our prayer teams, if you guys would come forward right now, in just a moment, I'm going to give it back to our campus pastors and they're going to talk to you about what it means to know Christ and our altar is going to be open every week. But I just want to say this to you. I'm going to give you one thing. Every message that I preach, it's here's what I want you to know. And number two, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to know. Angels are involved in your life. They're sent by God, created by God to do all the things we talked about. Here's what I want you to do. The more that you'll speak the word, the more that you'll declare the word over your life, over your mind, over your body, over your children, over your home. As we declare the word of the Lord, I'm wondering, I'm wondering according to the Bible, I, I believe according to the, I don't want, I believe according to the Bible that there's something of a releasing of God's power and there's a releasing of God's angelic host to work on behalf of God's people as they hear the word of God as they hear it come out of our mouths. Father, we're so grateful for what you're doing in our lives. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. God, we want to participate in a positive, proactive way with the spiritual realm. We want to participate with, 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 with the heavenly realm. The Bible says, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. God, we thank you for the power of your word in Jesus' name. I want to turn it back to our campus pastors right now. 
as I talk to you about what it means to serve the Lord. All right? God bless you guys. Awesome. Wasn't that a great word? Let's give it up one more time for that word. It's great. You know, for some of you in this room, it may be that you came in and you just, you've never made a decision for Christ. And I want to encourage you, if you have any questions about what it means to walk with God, please come up and talk to one of our team members. Our pastors are identified with their tags. We want to help you know him. But believers, you guys that are in this room, I really want to encourage you, take another step deeper in. No matter how long you've worked with, walked with God, take a step in. Let's grab hold of the word and let's be those that speak the word over our lives. Let me pray for you right now. Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I pray, God, that every single one of us, Lord, would be encouraged, God, that you're for us, but Lord, you have a lot, a lot of support around us in the angelic hosts that you provide for us, Lord, to protect us, Lord, to, to go before us, and even at times to, to engage our lives in the ways that Pastor Steve taught us today. And so, Father, I pray that every single one of us would be strengthened in faith in you, God, that our commitment to speak the word of God over our lives would be refreshed in our hearts today. So, Lord, I pray that you go before us, all of us, God. I pray that your favor would surround us with a shield. And we thank you, Lord, for angelic protection in our lives, God. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week, all right?